Our first scripture lesson this evening is from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Listen now, for the Spirit is speaking to the church. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. The word of God for the people of God. Hi, Mary. Peace be with you. And also with you. Things are so tense in Jerusalem these days. Those cheerful cries from last Sunday seem to vanish just as suddenly as they began. I'm glad I ran into you, Bartholomew. I'm I'm looking, I've been looking for one of the 12, and I've been so worried since Jesus left my house. Yeah, I haven't seen you since you anointed Jesus' feet. What happened that night? Well, you know, at first the evening was going so well. Everyone's cup overflowed and no one's plate was empty. It was a chorus of clanking plates and lips smacking in delight. Then the noshing gave way to conversation, big laughs, glowing cheeks and warm smiles. I stayed at the table and Martha was so happy she didn't even fuss at me. I just ate and soaked it all in. And I I guess that the eating and the talking went on, but I, I didn't notice it as much anymore. Night had fallen and a cool breeze curled along the window pane. It raised goosebumps on my neck. I looked up and I caught Jesus's eyes. His eyes were always so full of life like he knew everything that there was to know about you, about everything. Looking into his eyes, I usually felt challenged and loved all at once. But his usual twinkle wasn't there. All of a sudden, he wasn't celebrating either. He had one of those, now my soul is troubled kind of looks. I didn't notice that at all. It seemed like such an upbeat night. I wonder, what could trouble Jesus? Well, no one else seemed to notice either. You guys didn't seem to see the sadness that was, it was like it was choking him from the inside. He was suffering alone, but he was surrounded by all the people who who should have known him best. People who should have seen that anguish. I honestly don't know what came over me. 
I remember thinking that I wanted more than anything for Jesus to be able to enjoy the celebration that we had prepared in his honor of the miracle that he had performed that touched my heart so dearly. And then ringing through my head, I heard these words from Isaiah 52. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the one who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who says to Zion, your God reigns. How beautiful he was, and yet how sad, and how, well, lonely. Before I even knew what I was doing, I had rushed to the other room and back with that costly perfume in my hands. You all had stopped eating at that point. My brother Lazarus looked at me in shocked silence, and I could feel my sister's scowl from the other room. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter. My friend, my, my brother, my Lord had sorrow, and I wanted to soothe him. I poured out that perfume on his blessed, beautiful feet. I couldn't speak. I, I didn't have words, but I wanted him to know, to feel to his bones that he was loved, that we did care for him, that we were grateful, and at least one person saw that sorrow. I, I couldn't make it better. All I could do was love him with everything that I had. Well, he was speechless. We were all speechless, and the perfume started to pool on the floor. I took down my hair to, to sop it up, and I wiped his feet with my hair. And then, for the first time since I got up, I looked at him. It was like we were the only two people in the room. He saw my gift of love, my immense desire to ease his pain, and he looked like his heart would burst. Tears streamed down my cheeks. The smell of perfume just filled the house. It seemed to overcome everyone's senses. For a moment, I thought, how wonderful that we're all sharing this moment. And then Judas spoke. Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? I thought my heart would break right then and there. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe it was wasteful. Maybe even Jesus didn't see what I meant to show him. My face reddened and I, I slumped over, but Jesus looked me square in the eye. And he looked at Judas and he said, leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. A and so that was it. That, that was where his sorrow had come from. Jesus was going to die. He's, he's going to die. And I could see from the way that he spoke that this is what he meant to do. I don't want him to die. I don't want to lose him because he's, you and I know that he's not just another teacher. There's something more 
about him. What man can raise someone from the dead? Who can walk on water and feed multitudes? Who can bring such peace and good news to those who follow him? When Jesus raised Lazarus, Martha and I saw the Messiah, my Lord and my God. He is. He's finally come, and he ate at my house. He taught with authority and truth and beauty. He is the one. And if he is to die, I will try to be brave. Because if he raised up my brother, who knows what he can do now. All this time, all this time, Jesus has been teaching us with authority and doing miracles and being filled with God's power. Every day I work to understand even a little bit of what he's been teaching. It's hard to think that he might leave us. Do you remember what he said to you that night? Um, you will always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. What do you think he meant by that? Well, the other day, Mary and Lazarus and I were actually talking about this passage from Deuteronomy 15. There will never cease to be poor in your land. Oh. <laughs> Therefore, I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother and sister, to the needy and to the poor. God has charged us with taking care of the poor with hands that share our bounty, our love, our very selves. And here was Jesus doing the same thing. That night, Jesus was as the poor, the outcast, and the needy. And so I covered him with all of the love in my heart. And his words inscribed themselves within me. Today, you serve me, a living body before you. Tomorrow, go, serve others. Tomorrow, you will transform the world with that love that you feel for me. You will transform it into a healing touch and hearty meals and, and kind words and showing that love and dignity that you showed me today. Jesus told me, well, he told all of us that love is the best response even when it doesn't make any sense. And when he left the next morning, he continued to walk that path of love. And yes, I do believe him when he said that that path will lead to his death. My love didn't save him. He's setting out to do something much greater for all of us. Our second scripture reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 1 through 17, and then continuing with verses 34 and 35. Listen now for a word from God for you. Before the festival of Passover, Jesus knew that his time had come to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them fully. Jesus and his disciples were sharing the evening meal. 
The devil had already provoked Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew the Father had given him everything into his hands and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the table and took off his robes. Picking up a linen towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a wash basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he was wearing. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand what I'm doing now, but you will understand later. No, Peter said, you will never wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't have a place with me. Simon Peter said, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus responded, those who have bathed need only to have their feet washed because they are completely clean. You disciples are clean, but not every one of you. He knew who would betray him. That's why he said, not every one of you is clean. After he washed the disciples' feet, he put on his robes and returned to his place at the table. He said to them, do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you speak correctly because I am. If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you too must wash each other's feet. I have given you an example. Just as I have done, you also must do. I assure you, servants aren't greater than their master, nor are those who are sent greater than the one who sent them. Since you know these things, you will be happy if you do them. And now I give you a new commandment. Love each other, just as I have loved you, so you also must love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love each other. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Mary, you and I both know that Jesus has been talking about going to his death for a long while now, but especially this week. Peter, Peter even challenged him on it, told him that surely he wouldn't die, and Jesus rebuked him. I know some of the guys have been talking about Jesus, like he's going to swoop in and conquer Rome or at least throw them out of Jerusalem. But tonight... Tonight, Jesus surprised us all again. Well, where is he? I'd like to see him. He was here for a long while, but he took Peter and James and John into the olive grove to pray for a while. Before that, though, um, before that, Mary, he did something that turned everything upside down. We were already seated at the table. When Jesus got back up and started washing our feet without saying anything. 
the Lord of all was washing your feet? Like a servant? I, I don't believe it. No, really. He made a big deal of it. He grabbed a, a basin and filled it with water from the jar at the door, and he went to us one by one. And we were all sitting down already, reclining on the cushions. And he took our feet, covered with dust and grime. He took our feet. He washed them, cleaned them. He cared for us like a servant does. And then he wiped our feet clean with a towel, one by one, each of us in the most, in the most affectionate manner. And he wasn't disgusted. No, Jesus' face was, was relaxed, with love shining through. It was like, it was like I was important. Not just some tag-along follower to make the number of disciples around 12. But that I mattered to Jesus. That he cared about me deeply and truly. It was a little weird, the way that Jesus' gestures sometimes are. Like, here we all are, waiting to begin eating, but Jesus took his time with each of us. When he first knelt down to wash the feet of John Mark, I didn't really know what to do. I mean, you usually either wash your feet when you come into the room, or you don't bother at all. I mean, the floor is dusty anyway. And it wasn't some random servant that some rich person had hired to wash our feet, but this was Jesus, the, the teacher, the master himself. So we all mostly kept quiet. Well, everyone but Peter. He refused to let Jesus wash his feet. Well, that sounds like Peter. <laughs> yeah, right? He told Jesus that he wasn't worthy to be washed. And Jesus said, and I quote, unless I wash you, you won't have a place with me. Unless I wash you, you won't have a place with me. He might have said that to Peter, but, but I heard him. I mean, he hadn't washed my feet yet. Was I not welcome here? But Jesus, you know, Jesus loves all of us. Like you said, he walks the path of love and shows love and dignity to everyone he meets. So then, then Peter says, wash not only my feet, but all of me. <laughs> and Jesus, he kind of smiled and looked at him like, oh, Peter. You know. And then he said, those who have been bathed need only to have their feet washed because they are completely clean. But then his face fell and he said, you disciples are clean, but not every one of you. When he said that, my heart just sank. He had to be talking about me, right? I mean, he hadn't gotten to me yet, but I knew this was it. I'm too quiet with the guys. I don't speak up much, except for with Philip. Um, I even questioned if anything good could come out of Nazareth the first time I met Jesus. Surely he was talking about me. And even with all of these thoughts swirling in my head, Jesus eventually got to me. And that's when I saw his attention and his care as he washed my feet. He knows me. He cares for me. You know, after he was through washing everyone's feet, 
he told us what the point was. I have given you an example, just as I have done, you must also do. You see, it's not just that Jesus is on this path of love, but he wants us to follow him, to do what he does, to care for each other. That bit about not every one of us is clean, later on he got more direct. He said that one of us would betray him. And Judas got up and left. But Jesus, Jesus washed Judas's feet. I mean, it got me thinking. He told us to love even our enemies. But it's more than that. We're to serve anyone who needs it, no matter what we think about them, no matter who they are. Some people are going to be a lot harder to love than others. Yeah. But he wants us to overcome our pride, to trust in his way of love. He even said he had a new commandment for us, to love each other as he loves us, even when he's not with us. I mean, I I guess that means we need to love each other with that same extravagance that you lavished on him, to serve each other with the same humility and compassion that he showed us. Bartholomew, do you hear that? What? It, it sounds like marching. Yes. Yes, oh, it's, it's Roman soldiers. They have swords and torches. Is that Judas with them? Oh, my God. Let's get out of here. Tell your family, tell the other disciples. We can pray for Jesus once we're safe. Oh, may God keep us all safe. 